Welcome to Compassion Radio 360. Well, it's the end of the week. It's time for Compassion Radio's 360. It's where we take a look at the world and talk about the things that the rest of the media is probably not talking about too much, but they are, in our minds, eternal stories. Welcome to Compassion Radio. And honey, welcome back to the microphone. Hello. It's good to be here. We always pick these interesting articles, the things that are just not on the headline headlines, but we run across them in all kinds of regional media, international media. And this one happens to be pretty close to our hearts because it's yeah. really close to home. Mm-hmm. We found this article on a newspaper that is within about 20 minutes of where we now live up in northern Idaho. It is about an orphan, but didn't live a life like an orphan. He did something different with his life, and that's kind of the focus of this story. Mm-hmm. So I want you to give us the details on this. We'll talk about who this person is that we're highlighting today. Okay. The story is about a young man who's just graduated from high school within the last few weeks. His name is Parker Ritzman, was born in Ethiopia. Yeah. It can be assumed that the name is a given name once exactly. he got to America. Exactly. He was sent to an orphanage when he was three years old. So we don't know anything before that, yeah. according to this article. And we this orphanage is probably there in Ethiopia. Yes. Yeah. We're assuming that for sure. So he's sent to an orphanage at age three, which is probably pretty traumatic as, yeah. you know, a three-year-old being taken away from your family for whatever reason. We don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons, economic reasons, death in a family. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons that those kind of things happen. Those kind of situations that you and I have seen overseas, and it's not uncommon that we'll actually visit an orphanage in the countries we go to just mm-hmm. to see what it's like. How do the people treat those who are the least of the least among them? Mm-hmm. Gives you an idea of what you're facing in a different country, different culture, when talking about how the gospel, the kingdom of God is going to come alive there. And those are, of course, the stories that we're most interested in. We have seen a number of times that those little children, you look at them and say, what a tragic story. But for them... Finding a place of safety, mm-hmm. of being able to live another day, of being fed square meals every day is a big step up mm-hmm. from where they were. So for them, sometimes the story of being in an orphanage is a great improvement and a salvation story. So they feel gratitude. They don't feel like they're abandoned. They don't feel like they're secondary citizens. They are just grateful to be alive. Mm-hmm. And the kid's story that we're reading about here in this article indicates to me he's that kind of person. He's not just a survivor. He's a thriver. Right. Well, his story is not a happy story throughout a big part of his life. So he was adopted. I don't know exactly what age he was adopted, but he was adopted by a family from Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And it was a very difficult transition for him. He obviously didn't know English, and his whole culture was completely stripped away from him. So his adoption experience was not pleasant at the time. And And may not be well prepared either. Thinking, great, he's adopted now. He's going to have the four square meals, like you say. He's going to be in a home with a family. Sounds like a great thing. But for him, it was not a good thing. And as he grew up, the family adopted more children along the way. So he was an older adopted child among many adopted children, it sounded like. And he was struggling to find his own way in that home. And there was a constant conflict, he says. He said, I just didn't feel like I belonged there. Yeah, and he also mentions that he didn't speak English at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like, as reported to the reporter that wrote the story, that he was given a whole lot of help along the way there mm-hmm. either to, a, mm-hmm. to assimilate, to mm-hmm. learn the language and the culture. He just kind of got thrown to it. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a rough adjustment for any kid, of course, who gets uprooted even within the same country. Now, he's being uprooted between continents. Should it have been a great story of being adopted into a family? maybe even a Christian family, of course it should be. 
a wonderful mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. The details here are not exactly clean and pristine. Yeah. That's the point we're saying about the situation you find yourself in doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be great just because someone saved you out of an orphanage. Right. And there's plenty of people, I think, that go into this with altruistic intentions, but don't really know what they're getting into. And this family apparently, for some reason, got really stuck. And they decided to send him away to a boarding school just to take care of his needs somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. So they sent him to a boarding school in Missouri, which was not even in the same couple state they lived over, in, yeah. a couple of states over. And so he was there for a year. And when that year was over, the family said, you can't come home. Yeah. So that is trauma upon trauma for this young man. And And by now he's like in his sweeter years. Yeah, he was probably about 12 or 13. And I just feel like my heart is broken for him at this point. And the article says that he just got really quiet when he talked about feeling abandoned. So not only did he go through abandonment as an infant, as a very young child, a three-year-old toddler, he goes again through abandonment. His third abandonment. He's been abandoned from his own culture, his own country. Mm-hmm. His own country, in his mind, probably didn't want him. So they sent him to America. And then the families sent to there doesn't really want him, sent him to an orphanage, and they won't take him back. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of rejection for any yeah. kid to face. Yeah. And it brought to mind the scripture that we read a lot about how God is so good to us when we're lonely. Mm-hmm. And that scripture comes from Psalm 68. I want to read a a few passages from that psalm before we go any farther. And this is from, in this case, the voice translation. May the God, the true God, rise and show himself. May those who are united against him be dispersed, while the people who hate him run away at the sight of him. And then it talks about how, like wax melts the presence of fire, the wicked will fall away from God's presence. The whole paragraph or two here about God's majesty being like brighter than the sun. Mm -hmm. But then it shifts a bit. It says, sing songs of praise to the name that belongs to the true God. Let your voices sing out in songs of praise to him, the one who rides through the deserted places. His name is the eternal. Celebrate his glorious presence. Mm -hmm. The true God who inhabits sacred space is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. He makes a home for those who are alone or are orphans. He frees the prisoners and leads them to prosper. Yet those who rebel against him live in a barren land without his blessings and prosperity. Mm. It's very descriptive, but he's also talking about his identity as God, that he is a father to the fathers, a husband to the husbandless. He is the one that provides, at the deepest sense of our being, a presence that says he knows and he shows. He shows us his intentionality to be for us the things that the human race, the people he created, should have been. If they can't be for whatever reason, he will fill that hole. Mm-hmm. And that's what the scripture says. But then you read a story of a kid like this who had every hope of just being loved and never felt like he really was loved. Mm-hmm. Gets thrown to the wolves again, so to speak. He could have been a lost kid. But the orphanage he was in or the, the school he was in that took him, the boarding school, mm-hmm. decided, we're going to try. We're going to try to help him him find him a place. And Mm -hmm. what did they do? Well, they found a place for him in Spokane, Washington, called the Hutton Settlement. And they sent him there. And almost immediately, he says, he felt like he belonged. So this is a place where there are quite a few orphans. All of the children in this place are orphans in some way. Tell me a little bit about the Hutton Settlement. It's an interesting story itself. Yeah, yeah. So I did a little bit of research on the Hutton Settlement. It was started in 1917 by a man called Levi Hutton. He himself was an orphan. 
And he wanted to have a place for those children who didn't have a home, but he wanted it to be a safe place and a place where they would learn skills. And Mm -hmm. so in 1917... A trade school. It was a trade school, but it it was a farm, a working farm. And it still, it continues to be a working farm. They still have that going on there. So it started out with about 15 acres and there Mm -hmm. was a bunch of buildings like... 12 buildings and, you know, other buildings, dormitories dormitories and and things like that. And then in 1994, they expanded it to 300 acres. Wow. So it's a large place. And if you know anything about the Northwest, you know it's mountainous and beautiful. And Spokane, Washington, which is not far from where we live, honey, is a beautiful place. And there's mountains and rivers and lakes. And I mean, it's an ideal place for children to grow up. And so this huge farm or this huge piece of property is home to orphaned children. The neat thing about the story of Hutton Settlement is that because it was initiated by, it was dreamed by, it was supplied by, it was provided for by Mm -hmm. an orphan that knew what orphans need. Basically, he's paying for the thing that he did not get when he was young Mm -hmm. and said, if this had only been there for me, I could have had it so much easier or could have learned so many more things or whatever the motivation was. He knew that he could make life better for kids like him. Mm -hmm. When that kind of heart goes into a project like that, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. It's not just saving kids from the gutter and not really loving them, feeling like you're obligated or it's the right thing to do. This is a, a passion project mm-hmm. of somebody who knows exactly what it's like to be alone. Well, Levi married an orphan mm. and they were committed to helping orphans. Yeah. Because they were both orphaned. It's an interesting story because they didn't have a lot of money, but they invested what they did have into a silver mine in Wallace, Idaho, which is also not far from us. And they struck it rich Mm. in 1901. And they were wealthy beyond their wildest imagination. And so then they moved to Spokane, Washington, which is, you know, big city to the West. Big city. And they began to help charitable organizations in that area. They wanted to invest their time and money into those places. And they were working and supporting a home for unwed mothers Mm. and their children and providing care for them. They just loved the people around them. At one point, they decided, let's take care of orphans. There are orphans all over this area because of mining disasters and other disease and all kinds of things. And so they just began to take care of them. After striking it rich, you're only talking a a couple of decades there before you at the end of World War I Mm -hmm. and the pandemic that wiped out millions in America. So yeah, you're talking about opportunity galore there for real compassion to take root. And this couple, obviously, because they knew, both of them, what it's like to be orphans, had a compassionate hearts for them, is where the story plays itself mm-hmm. out. So you got a kid that's flown in from Ethiopia who's had rejections on top of rejections, and he finds a place here, and he knows for some reason, spiritually speaking, I think, he just sensed it. Mm-hmm. This is where love is, mm-hmm. and this is where I'm at home. Mm-hmm. So what did he do? Well, he invested himself mm-hmm. into going to school, into the people in the school, and just began to make himself invaluable to all of them. He helped whenever he could help and was doing all kinds of projects around the school. It seems like from the details we can glean from the story that he excelled academically as well, Mm -hmm. so he was doing really well in school. He did. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. 
But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Friends, we're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine. I personally met with dozens of refugees and kingdom workers who ran to the front lines of need and have selflessly given of themselves completely, thoroughly, and as I saw, to the point of indescribable exhaustion. I saw refugee and servant alike shiver in a vicious blizzard that struck the first week of March. They were very much alike in one important way. They were absolutely determined to survive this ordeal and to redeem what their lives have become. We need to follow their example. Will you help us today? We have blankets and food to buy, tanks to fill with gas, and medicine to help them survive the days ahead. This need is not going away anytime soon. Friends, really, we need you now to step up. Please give generously, even sacrificially, right away. I know that God will be pleased if we do. So call us today at 1-800-868-2478. Mail us at P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Or give online at CompassionRadio.com. He invested himself Mm. into going to school, into the people in the school, and just began to make himself invaluable to all of them. He helped whenever he could help and was doing all kinds of projects around the school. It seemed like from the details we can glean from the story that he excelled academically as well. Mm -hmm. So he was doing really well in school. He did. So when COVID hit, like we all know, everything shut down. Yeah. Across the entire country. Yeah. And in this case, the entire campus got truly locked down. People Mm -hmm. couldn't even leave the campus for like up to four months. Right. But Parker was an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and he decided that he knew people that needed coffee. People at the school. He, yes. This, to me, is one of those great points. He loved the people with which he lived. So those people, he has a compassion for already. Mm-hmm. He's grateful for what they've given him. They can't get out to go do their morning routines. And he knew teachers and administrative workers at the school that would go out and just have coffee together. Mm -hmm. And he admired that. And they probably teased him about coming from a coffee country, that he's from the place where the best coffee's Mm -hmm. grown. And so he looked at that and said, I got to do something. Not just, oh, it's sad they can't get coffee. He wanted to give back. So he pitched an idea to one of the residential parents, the house parents that live there on campus, and he asked for a loan for $300 to purchase an espresso machine. Mm -hmm. So he said, and then I'd like an additional $50 to purchase coffee beans and different syrups. And he was going to do what with those things? He was going to start a coffee stand. And he said, I will pay you back within a week. Mm -hmm. If I don't, if I can't pay you back, if I don't make the money back, then you can charge me interest for this. And Mm -hmm. so this house parent was agreeable to that and said, absolutely, I'll do it. He saw the spirit in this kid and believed in him. Within the first week, he made $800. So he had... Triple the money practice. Yes. He was paid back in full, and then Parker had a profit on this. And suddenly we've got a coffee espresso machine right there on campus yes. taking care of the needs. Oasis Espresso, and it was in the administration building of the school. Mm-hmm. Everyone was very excited about it. He said it was very cool to him because... 
you know, during COVID, people were sad because they were in lockdown and they yeah. couldn't go out and do the things like they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But then we come to the espresso stand. He said it was just a happy place for everybody. Yeah. They were excited about it. It's kind of an escape from all the sad parts of their day. And, and, and he's he, creating community in a place yeah. where people are feeling like they can't go to the places they normally would go to, the place where they feel mm-hmm. comfortable or at home. He created home for his people. Yeah. So the staff at Hutton realized this yeah. is a great idea. I mean, there's a lot of potential here. There's a lot of potential in Parker. Yeah. yeah. And so one of the administrators there said they'd always kind of wanted to start a coffee roasting business themselves. Mm-hmm. And so he went to Parker and said, what do you think? What if we apply for a grant for the school? Because that's a very great skill to teach students, you know, going out into the world. It's a trade. It's a trade. If we apply for a grant, maybe we can get some extra money to help out to teach students how to roast coffee. Give them some possible job opportunities after they graduate. Absolutely. So they got the grant. They got $29,000 for this grant. And they funded the purchase of a really amazing coffee roasting machine. And had training, had people come to train them how to use it. So they began to roast coffee. Well, Parker was very excited because mm-hmm. one of the first batches of coffee they received to roast was from Ethiopia. And he said, I just felt like things came full circle. That's yeah. where I came from. And it was a very special moment for him to have this coffee from his country of origin that he could be part of giving that to those around him. Yeah, he's seeing something on the spiritual level, too, that not a lot of people spend time to consider. God brings us from someplace, but he's also bringing us to someplace through our lives. And in Parker's case, who else on the planet could have been an emissary across space and time from the country of Ethiopia to the needs of a school which was dedicated to serving? Mm-hmm. So Levi Hutton, the man who founded this along with his wife, Loved orphans. You know what? God loved orphans. Yeah. I can't help but think that God thought across all that time (laughs) from the time that Levi founded this to make sure that when that next pandemic came, that he was going to delight in those people Mm. and would reward Levi and his wife's investment in the lives of those lonely ones, the orphans. Mm. He knew from the time that those children were born how he would take care of them and how people like Parker would end up at the Hutton Settlement. I really think that Parker sensed that and acted on it and said, I'm here for a reason. Mm -hmm. Now he's pouring into these people because of his story. The coffee he's roasting and how he ended up there is all part of something that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because of Parker, Hutton Settlement launched a new company called Hope Neighborhood Roasters. Hmm. And Hope stands for Hutton Opportunities for Professional Exploration. Mm. So it gives students a way to learn a skill and to become proficient in something that is a valuable skill. I mean, we all, I won't say we all, but (laughs) many of us love our coffee and we love to go to to special places to get our coffee. And it's a professional student-led coffee roasting enterprise. It is a money-making business for this organization, for this school. And they're able to train students and make money and fund their program. 
And it's all because a kid had a dream yeah. to help people. He he's, wanted to help bring joy to those around him. He seemed to have dreams every day. He's yeah. a dreamer. I mean, like the kind that dreams things into existence, not just dreams about things that never will happen. He's not a daydreamer in that regard. He is a purposeful, focused dreamer. I think that's a gift from God. I really do. So the entrepreneurialism in him owns it all. He doesn't shy away from his history. He's not ashamed of where he came from. He looks at all this and realizes that God brought it all together and is bringing it together and bringing them beyond that to something new. Mm. He's He sees the nova, the new thing God is doing in the world, and he wants to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And so I think a thing about Parker's story to me that's so moving is that he wants to be where God's at work, and he shows up for work. And God shows up with him, and stuff happens. If nothing else, it's a great example of the kind of entrepreneurial integrity and ethic that has always gone with the kind of mission partners that we've worked with as mm-hmm. Compassion mm-hmm. Radio for the past 50 years, 80 years. When there's an opportunity before somebody and they seize on that and say, God has put me here for a reason. The whole Esther thing, for such a time as this, I've been created, mm-hmm. I've been delivered to mm-hmm. this place in this time, I must do something. People like that, they're not self-aggrandizing. They're not narcissistic. They're exactly the opposite of that. They step in to give because they believe that God wants it done. So this kid, I'm just really proud of him. I'm glad he's a neighbor of ours. Hopefully somebody will actually get a chance to meet him, maybe interview him directly. But we want to make sure that you, our friends, get to hear the story, at least the touch of that. And again, we always put links to the stories that we highlight on this program, this Compassion Radio 360 program in our podcast notes. So if you'd like to read the article from the Spokesman Review and learn more about Parker and his work and then follow the the rabbit trail onto all the things that Hutton Settlement's involved in, you can do that. We'd love to have you come see those things. And that's provided for you, of course, at CompassionRadio.com. Closing thoughts for you, honey. What What is it about Parker's story and what we read in this article that really moves you? I think just his tenacious spirit mm. in working through some very difficult life situations that he was put in, not in his own making. I mean, he's a child. And yes, he's just graduated from high school, but he grew up in such a difficult situation and had to fend for himself in so many ways. Lots of hurt, lots of pain. But he muscled through. He went through things, but it seems to me that he had that something in his spirit that was eager for the good. Yeah. He just had believe it could exist. A good too. heart in him, a good spirit about him that cared for other people even though he had been so hurt. Yeah. A generous spirit. Yeah. Back to Psalm 68, we'll start at verse 5. The true God who inhabits sacred space is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. He makes a home for those who are abandoned and alone. He frees the prisoners and leads them to prosper. And then he compared that with those who would rebel against God's love and say, I don't want it. Those who rebel against him will live in a barren land without his blessings and prosperity. And prosperity, I believe, the way God talks about it, is in his economy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it includes things like money. It always, in my mind, includes things like family, Mm. relationship, and a place to call home. And when this kid, Parker, ends up in Spokane, Washington, and knows he's arrived at a place where he is loved and he belongs, that's a very strange, circuitous journey to get Mm -hmm. to that place. And he's not one of the locals, so to speak. He's a black kid from Ethiopia, 
Does he fit in with that community because of their spirit? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does he look like an average white kid from the Northwest? No. But there's something about him that says, I found home. Mm -hmm. And God has found him and brought him there. So I don't know what kind of circumstances that our listeners are going through right now, how lonely they may feel or feel like they haven't landed in the family, don't Mm -hmm. feel like they belong. Whatever your story is, friends, I do believe that God has not just a purpose for it, but he has you in mind as he walks through that journey with you. He's not forgotten you in your circumstances. In fact, he's with you in those circumstances, but it's not always going to be easy finding what the end chapter is in that story. Mm. It's always becoming. But as you're going along through that story, I invite you to, to write us. Let us know what God's been doing in your life and your heart. And maybe you have a story like Parker's, someplace you never thought you could get out of, that God brought you from and is sending you someplace you never thought you'd go. Those are marvelous stories, and we do want to hear them. So don't be afraid to share them with us at Compassion Radio. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today. And, of course, on Monday we'll have a brand new Chasing the Word in the book of Jude, which is our latest epistle study. And we'll see you then. Thanks for joining us. Is our liberty meant to be only for? Send your special gift for the church in Ukraine today. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478. Write us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.